I believe that this is a powerful word for today, not because I'm giving it, but because the enemy this morning when I was trying to get prayed up came against me through all my sins of the week against up in my face, tried to convince me that God was not pleased with me. In addition, the songs that we sang this morning almost preached the sermon themselves. And the word that Kathy gave, you're going to hear again this morning. So I very much believe that this is a message on God's heart that he wants to impart to you. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day and this opportunity to hear from you. Father, I pray that our ears would be attentive, our hearts would be open, and that by your word this morning, you would transform us from glory to glory to make us more like Jesus Christ. In his name, amen. I'm going to speak, we're talking about righteous living, and... um, I'm going to talk about some keys to righteous living this morning. And I'm just going to jump into it. Righteousness comes by faith. And righteous is defined as just according to the divine, the divine law. One who is holy in heart and observant of the commands in practice. Some have made an easier to understand definition of righteousness, which is having right standing or a right relationship with God. Now, righteous living comes by exercising our faith. Righteous living is living a life that is pleasing to and resulting in right standing with God by one who is holy in heart and observant of the divine commands in practice. Holy in heart. Holy means separated apart to God. So one who's holy in heart, they have separated their heart apart, apart from the world and unto God. So we could say that um, righteous living is living a life that is pleasing to and resulting in right standing with God by one whose heart is set apart unto God and is observant of the divine commands in practice. Now, I don't want to just tell you what the principles are this morning. I want to give you the scriptural foundation for them so that your faith will be based in the word of God and not on what Wayne said. So we're going to look at Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. For through the law, for I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. Notice he's saying, I have to die to the law in order to live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Paul saying the righteous life that I'm trying to live, I live by faith in the Son of God. It's not through my own confidence in my flesh or myself or my efforts. It's by my faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So righteous living is accomplished only when we live by faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. 
Now, I need to emphasize that righteous living earns us nothing with God. Everything that we have, everything that we deserve, every, or didn't even don't deserve, the things that we need, we don't, they, righteous living doesn't persuade God to give them to us. It's his joy and delight to bless his children. So then, why righteous living? Well, righteous living does at least a couple of things for us. First, it testifies that we have a changed heart, that we are a new creature. And second, righteous living places us in a spiritual position where we can receive the fullness of God's blessings. So it doesn't earn us the fullness of God's blessings. It does place us in a position where we are able to receive the fullness of God's blessings. Now in Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So it wasn't the signs of power that they did that gave them right standing with God. In fact, he said, um, Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So you see, the practice of lawlessness demonstrates the fact that they were not new creatures. And so what, what Jesus is talking about here is that it isn't your works that impress me. It's not your works that gain you anything. It's your relationship with me. It's the fact that you have received the free gift of salvation and it has Instead of making you enemies of God, it has made you friends of God and adopted sons in his family. In Matthew 7, 23, we see the difference between conforming to the divine nature and partaking of the divine nature. In this example, in these scriptures, we see individuals exhibited some behaviors to conform to the divine nature. They did miracles in his name. They cast out demons in his name. But the problem was, as we just discussed, was that they were not partakers of the divine nature. So conforming in, in, in here, as Jesus is talking about it, is an act of the law, which buys us nothing but condemnation. Whereas partaking of God's nature is an act of grace. Now, I would submit that the kingdom principle for righteous living is this. Partake, renew your mind, and then conform, rather than conform, partake, and renew your mind. Because if you, partake, if you conform, you're probably never going to partake, and you're never going to renew your mind. That's the struggle we have in this life. So, how are you saved? Well, you're saved by faith, right? That's what the Bible says. And that word sozo is a Greek word for saved. And it means total completeness, total well-being, total 
salvation in this world and in the life to come. How great of a salvation we have. And we see that in the names of of, uh, God. And this is just a few of them. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. Jehovah Mekadashakem, the Lord who sanctifies you. The Lord sanctifies you. You don't sanctify you. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord your peace. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Sabbath, the Lord of hosts. And Jehovah Tishkenu, the Lord our righteousness. You see, it's the Lord who's our righteousness. And when we partake in his divine nature, we become righteous. We become as he is. Let's look at Galatians chapter 3 for a minute, verses 1 and 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? you are now being made perfect in the flesh. I want to repeat that last line. Have you, having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? That, another way of saying that is, having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by your own efforts? Can you rock the righteous life on your own efforts? The context in this verse, or these verses, is in them turning to the Jewish law and not relying on Jesus Christ completely. But it's, con- it's, con- it's, I'm sorry, it's valid in the context of other righteous living. Having begun in the spirit by the hearing of faith, are we now being made mature by the works of the flesh? Somehow, along the way, we, we fall into the trap of beginning that it's, I got to clean up my life. I'm a Christian. I got to live like a Christian. I got to clean up my life. Well, I want to tell you something. If I could clean up my life, I wouldn't have needed Jesus in the first place. But I can't clean up my life. Only Jesus can clean up my life. And so it's Jesus where I have to look. It's Jesus where I have to believe. It's Jesus where I have to walk. So how do we do this? The first thing is consider yourself dead to sin. Romans 6, 9 through 11 says, We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died to, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Because when you consider yourself dead to sin and alive unto God with Christ Jesus, sin has no more dominion over you. Consider yourself, think of yourself as dead to sin and alive unto God. Then, we need to recognize ourselves as died and resurrected with Christ. Romans 6, 3, and 4. 
Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. That's what we're talking about in righteous living, walking in newness of life. Again, it's not my efforts. It's newness of life that was created within me when I became a new creature, when I received Jesus as my Savior. See, when I received Jesus as my Savior, not just the weight of the guilt of my sins fell off of me, but something happened inside of me. The old, ugly, sinful, selfish person I was died. And I'm now a new, I have a new heart, a new, I'm a new creature. I'm not the same. I have a heart that seeks the heart of God, that seeks to, to please God. It's my new desire in life. My goal is to please God. And so now it's not an effort of me doing what I got to do to clean my act up. It's an effort of me walking in a joyful relationship with my God. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says basically that, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and the old way of doing things have passed away, and all things have become new. So after I have considered myself dead to sin, um, recognized that I died and was resurrected with Jesus, now I need to put off the old man and put on the new. And putting off the old man and putting on the new man is how we consider ourselves dead to sin. I mean, if I were to look at my past, even since I've been a Christian, can I really say I'm dead to sin? Not I. I doubt you either. But when I put off the old man who has died, but I have to recognize he died, and I put on the new man which is believing I am the new person that I was created in Christ, I consider my, uh, then I'm dead to sin. Colossians 3, 9, 10 says, Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. What I used to do before Christ, those deeds, when I put off the old man, I don't do those anymore. And having put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And again in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 23 and 24. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So... How, are, how do we put on the new man? It's by being renewed in our spirit and our mind. So what's happened in the spirit at salvation has to get to the mind that says, I'm not who I was. I'm not that old sinful person anymore. I am an heir of God. I have a heart after God. problem is the devil's always there saying you're a failure. God doesn't love you. God doesn't love you enough. You don't love God enough. I may not love God enough. I'm supposed to love him with all my heart, all my soul, all my being. 
And some days I kind of fall short. But that doesn't mean God doesn't love me enough. God loves me so much he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to take my penalty, to take God's wrath in my place so that God could receive me as clean and righteous. So part of this, then we said, is being renewed in the the spirit of the mind. Well, how would you do that? Well, Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on things that are above, not things that are on the earth. And I'm going to be honest with you, that pie that's sitting at home in the fridge, uh, it, it can distract me real fast. Now, pie's not a big deal unless you're diabetic. And pie's not a big deal unless you're not caring for your body in such a way that you're working with the Holy Spirit instead of against the Holy Spirit to have the health to accomplish what God puts you here to do. But keep your eyes on the goal. Keep your eyes on the things above. Set your mind. What's that word set mean? What happens when, you, when concrete sets? It gets solid. It gets hard. It doesn't move. Set your mind on the things above. Don't let it be moved. <clears throat> Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world, he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We renew our minds when we choose to believe what the Bible says about us, what God says about us, in fact. That we are new creatures, that old things have passed away, all things have become new. And in setting our things above, we then shove away the things of the enemy and the world. (coughs) And who past events might try to convince us we are. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. <clears throat> but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. There is liberty. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I am to tell you that you're a sinful, hopeless case. I'm here to declare to you on behalf of God that there is liberty in your life when you are in Jesus Christ. And what is that liberty? Well, part of that liberty is we get to choose what we want to believe. We can choose to believe the devil that we're no good, that we're old, that nothing's changed. Or we can choose to believe God that we are new creatures made in his image with hearts after his. That's the liberty that we have. 
And so sin shall no more reign over our mortal body. And we do have the freedom to choose what we believe, that we are who Christ says we are. And James says we are beholding in a mirror. I would submit that that mirror is the word of God. And as we read and meditate on the Holy Scriptures, they transform us from glory to glory by the working of the Holy Spirit telling us who we are in Christ. What an inheritance we have in Christ. So there are three keys to righteous living, as I said. Partaking of the... um, or taking of the relationship with God or the heavenly nature, renewing our minds and being conformed by the transformation of that renewing. Partake when we are born again. We are new creatures and changed, and our changed hearts delight in God's word and in obeying God's commands. This is explained by Jesus in John 15, verses 4 through 8. Abide in me. And I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. That's why you can't do it in your own strength. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And that's why carnal Christians who try to work out their own salvation, fail and fail and fail. And we've come to call some of those things besetting sins. And it's because we are not setting our, things, our minds on the things above. It's because we are not abiding in Jesus, but rather we're trying to do it in our own strength. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. God gives us what we ask for because he wants us to bear much fruit. And it's not through our good works or our good actions or our good intentions. It's through our good relationship with him. All right, so then renew. Our mind is renewed every time we choose to believe what God says about us. We are new creatures. Old things have passed away. We are no longer in bondage to sin. So when that pie calls out to me, I say, man, you are good looking. You are beautiful. I know you would taste wonderful. But I have the choice to eat you or not to eat you. I will not die. I will not go to the hospital. The world will not end if I don't eat that piece of pie. Or the whole pie, for that matter. (laughs) So we are renewed every time we choose to believe what God says about us. And we are also renewed every time we repent for sin. Because, you know, it's difficult to keep your mind set on things above all the time when there are so many distractions in the world. I remember Bob Heil... He used to fly a lot, and when he would go to the airport, in those days at least, all the ladies would dress up to, you know, best of everything. And so he, asked, he would ask the Holy Spirit every time before he went to the um, airport to help him keep his eyes above the necks. 
It's because he realizes that if it's not intentional about keeping his eyes or his, his mind on things above, there are too many distractions to pull it away. And we are the same way. At least I am, I know that. And, and there are times when we sin, when we fail. But we are renewed every time we repent for sin. Because repentance means that we agree with God that certain of our actions were not pleasing to him. That they were hurtful to him. <coughs> that they separate us in some way from him. And we agree with God that Jesus forgives us of those things, restores our relationship with God, and cleanses us, John says, of the unrighteousness of the moral default of falling back into our old nature and forgetting who we are. And then conforming. So conforming then is not a work of the flesh, but a result of our relationship with God and our belief that we are new creatures in him. Old things have passed away. New, thing, new ways of thinking, speaking, and acting have come because we have been raised with Christ into the newness of life. And I've kind of already described the problem with temptation, which James speaks about in verses 1, verses 14 and 15. But one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So the pie catches my attention. It is something to be desired. And it speaks to me. It entices me. How sweet I am. How good I am. Oh, one little piece won't hurt you. And that's the second, third, and fourth pieces that won't hurt me too after the first. And then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Instead of remembering who we are in Christ, we allow ourselves to be focused on the momentary pleasures of temptation that entice us. but we are partakers of God's holy nature. And we renew our minds by agreeing with what God says, not what the world says, not what the circumstances say, not the way I acted yesterday, but who I am in Christ today. Conforming to God's will, conform to God's will by renewing your minds and the fruit of the Spirit shall be abundant in your life. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we acknowledge that we can do nothing without you and your spirit. So we ask, Father, that your Holy Spirit would help us to keep our minds set on things above. Father, that we would continually be looking at the goal for which you put us here, which is to live righteous lives that will testify to the world of your love and your goodness to your people, to those who trust in you. So Father, in our hearts, seal this. <coughs> seal this, we ask in Jesus' name. That we may partake <coughs> of your nature, renew our minds, 
to be like yours and be conformed by your grace, not our works. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.